Welcome to this episode of Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. Today's episode is all about spooky books. With the chill in the air and the crunch of fallen leaves underfoot, that can only mean one thing. Spooky season is upon us. Tune in as some of your friends from MLC share what their favorite spooky books are in this episode of Stacks and Stories. Hi, my name is Christina Kelly. I'm the Public Relations Coordinator for the Mississippi Library Commission. Today I wanted to talk to you about two books from my childhood that I absolutely love and love sharing it with people. And the first one is Nightmares, Poems to Trouble Your Sleep by Jack Prolusky, I hope that's how you say it, and the sequel book he did, The Headless Horseman Rides Tonight, More Poems to Trouble Your Sleep. Now, the great thing about these books is that I'm not a slasher film sort, you know, true scary stuff. I'm more of the not-so-scary Halloween with a little funny to it, and that's where these poems came. I started reading these in, goodness, when I was in elementary school, uh, probably fourth or fifth grade is when I read them nonstop. And I absolutely loved them. And it's so funny that these books have followed me for years to the point my friend, my friend's group knew about them. And we would joke about specifically the Kraken poem. And I have to say Kraken because when you read the poem, if you say, try to say Kraken, it doesn't work in the poem. So my friends would joke about the Kraken has awakened or the Kraken has awakened from the bottom of the sea, which is hilarious. And that was a thing for years with my friends. Well, I was always fond of the poem called The Ghoul, and the ghoul would sit outside the school and wait for the children to come out, and he would eat them, (laughs) which is wonderfully illustrated by Arnold Lobel, I think is how you say his name, and there's this ghoul sitting on that old school climbing gym, I'm not sure what it was called, but they don't make them anymore, (laughs) and wait for the children to come running out, and he would eat them. And I I know that's not funny, but for fifth grader, the thought that there was this monster that would sit out there and just wait for you to come out on the jungle gym and eat you, I loved it. I don't, you know, perhaps that's a strange childhood, but that was what brought me joy. The first stanza goes, the gruesome ghoul, the grisly ghoul, without the slightest noise, waits patiently besides the school to feast on girls and boys. It just it's just great. It's that spoofy kind of thing that hits all the right buttons for me. All right, so my name is Russell Hawkins. I work at the Library Commission, and I'm going to talk about Coraline by Neil Gaiman. I personally love this book just because Neil captures how a child would feel if he was, and I say he because it's me, but she in the book was actually in that situation. Like it's, there's not a lot of world building. There's not a lot of, this is explaining why these characters are super creepy and why this monster lives in a hole in the wall. It's all about the task at hand, which is gotta find my parents. She took my parents and just the curiosity of a child. And it really made me remember like sitting in in my bed at night and like looking at the the open closet door and the blackness in there and just being absolutely terrified, not because of anything being in there, but just not knowing that there's nothing in there. And I think it, he really captured that in the book. And the movie was 
it was all right. It, it does not capture the creepiness of the other mother. It, it tries to, and it gets close, but there's just something, there's something really spooky about something that is so close to being what you know, but just that little bit off enough that you know that something's wrong, but you can't put your finger on it until later on when it reveals itself to be pure evil. <laughs> but I first read it, I guess, early 2000s, 2006, 2007, something like that. That's when I first read Coraline, and I read it in I read it in the waiting room of a doctor is where I started it, and then when I left, I had to go and buy it to finish it. But it it really just it grabbed me from the first from the first couple of pages. I had I had already seen the movie, so I kind of knew what to expect. But it it's way darker and creepier in a book form because you're drawing the pictures yourself as opposed to watching somebody else's ideas. Hello, my name is Charlie Simpkins and I'm the digital consultant for the Mississippi Library Commission. When I think of spooky stories, the first thing that comes to mind is the Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark trilogy by Alvin Schwartz and illustrated by Stephen Gamble. The books were released in 1981, 1984, and 1991 respectively. Each book is a collection of horror short stories, which Alvin Schwartz based on heavily researched folklore and urban legends. The American Library Association has the series listed as the most frequently challenged book in the 90s and made the list of top banned or challenged books as recently as 2012. While Alvin Schwartz did such a great job introducing generations of kids to the wonderful world of the spooky and downright macabre, it was Stephen Gamble's artwork that set them head and shoulders above the rest. His illustrations seemed like a fever dream, well, a fever nightmare really, captured in one image. For me, the stories were fun to retell with friends, but the illustrations are something that must be seen. One of the stories I remember vividly is the story called The Hook. It's based on the urban legend of two teenagers out on a date. They went to see a movie, and then whenever they're on the way back, they hear a radio announcement that a inmate has escaped a local prison and that he's missing a hand and has a hook. They keep hearing like a scratching sound as they're parked, but whenever they get out to go inside the girl's house, on the hanging on the door handle is a hook. That completely terrified me. There's also the babysitter, where a babysitter is watching like four kids and they keep getting this really weird phone call of a man saying, like laughing maniacally saying, I'm coming to see you, I'll be there in an hour, I'm almost there, I'll be there soon. Well, they call the operator, and the operator is able to trace the call, and they say the call is coming from upstairs in your house, that you need to get out of the house now. And as they say that, the door upstairs opens, and this guy that they've never seen before comes out, and so they run out of the front door. The police arrive and arrest the guy. That terrified me, but yeah, great stories. Hey, this is Tracy Carr, and I want to tell you about The Witch Who Was Afraid of Witches by Alice Lowe, illustrated by Karen Gundersheimer. It was published in 1978, and I read it soon after, probably in the first grade. And it's about a little witch named Wendy who has two big witch sisters who are always telling her she has weak witch powers, and she's not as, as witchy as they are, which obviously does a number on Wendy's self-esteem. 
So on Halloween, they go off to scare people in the city and they leave Wendy at home by herself. And a trick-or-treater who's dressed like a ghost knocks at the door and he and Wendy become friends in that way that when you're little, you just are friends with whoever's around. And one thing I really love about this is the ghost is never given a name. He's just the ghost. And they go to his house and the ghost's mom, that's her name, gives her an old kitchen broom. You know, not a proper witch broom made of sassafras. It clearly will have no witch power, as her sisters have told her. But when Wendy hops on and says the magic words, which are, heh, 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 I'll get you, she is able to fly around the room. And she ends up playing a few tricks on her sneaky little witch sisters and eventually earns their respect but the the whole point of the book is that wendy had you know the the correct amount of witch power inside her all the while and i read this book all the time as a kid and i read it to my son i'm not sure he liked it as much as i did but i know he liked the part when i said hey hey, hey i'll get you Hi, I'm Sebastian Murdoch. I am a reader's advisor in the talking books department at the Mississippi Library Commission. And today I'm talking about probably one of my favorite series of books of all time. You've probably heard of it, Goosebumps by R.L. Stein, and uh, you know associated with the Fear Street books as well. I grew up on Goosebumps books. It explains a lot about who I am today as a person, considering I now write horror and other spooky stories as part of my, I guess you'd call it a side hustle. I remember vividly how much I used to love those books, despite how terrifying they were to me as a child. I I think I started reading them. I know I started reading them in elementary school. I forget exactly which grade, but it was an early one, probably a little too early, but it didn't bother me. Specifically, I can remember probably the first book in the series, The Haunted Mask, which in case you don't know the plot of that, it's a very basic plot. It's Halloween and the main character finds this incredibly spooky, terrifying mask in this little kind of curio shop and steals it, not realizing that this mask has properties other than just giving your sibling a scare. He puts it on and eventually finds that he cannot remove it. And that, for some reason, was just the most gut-churning, terrifying thing I could imagine. The idea of being closed in and it's not necessarily that the mask is a mask that stuck to his face it becomes his face slowly over time so my fear was more the claustrophobic if i was stuck in this rubber mask i don't know what i would do but i mean obviously the more terrifying thing is having your identity and the way you present yourself to the world being so utterly changed and for the worse I also remember the cover is ter- is terrifying as well. All the covers are, are pretty scary, but this one in specific is very viscerally upsetting. That is the book that I think has stuck with me the most as I've been growing up. Uh, whenever I sit down to try and write something, I think back to those stories and what in them really scared me and how they scared me. And it makes it a lot easier to actually 
connect with what I'm doing and do it well. But no, yeah, if if you have them, if you still have the original Goosebumps books, I think my mom still has them somewhere in her house. I need to pray that she hasn't gotten rid of them because I'm I, even though they were falling apart by the time I last saw them. But maybe if you have them or if you have a kid or a younger sibling, I would highly recommend pulling out one of those stories this time of year and seeing if those scares are still as scary as they were when you were a kid. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. We hope you will tune in next time and we encourage you to visit your local public library often.